0: hey leo dicaprio may be playing uh, steve jobs in the sorkin pick
1: yeah i saw that yeah, I, don't, I don't want to forever see steve jobs as some weird facsimile of 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 the guy from titanic you know <laughs> that's funny <laughs> come on jack let's build the lisa although i could see steve jobs saying i'm king of the world
0: Hey Bill. Yes, Jeffrey. Happy anniversary, buddy.
1: Aw, oh, thank you. I, I forgot I didn't get you anything. <laughs> Just like last
0: year. <laughs> hey, it's two years. It's 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 Tuesday. It's two years since we started doing on taking pictures. That's pretty f- friggin' cool. It's oh, a- I almost see, I almost let it go. That, well, I Almost let the genie out of the bottle. That's what Ooh. happens when you're two years into any <laughs> <I'm> relationship. <excited. laughs> I'm excited, <laughs> uh yeah, two years ago we started doing this episode one o four of on taking pictures pretty wild right it's It's definitely been a wild ride it doesn't seem i you know i honestly, I thought we'd run out of steam the first ten episodes
1: well, you know what's interesting is uh I was listening Inotka. to the Inatco Almanac
0: yeah. yesterday, I like and liked
1: him. he seems like such a nice guy he yeah. is a very nice guy seems like he's um, really- and, and he, uh, Andy Yanako was saying that he didn't know what his show was going to be and he wanted to give it a hundred episodes to see what happened. <laughs> you know, 100. I think that's a great way to look at it.
0: Yeah. And I, mean, I, I think to a certain extent, you and I still don't know what it's going to be. And, and that's, what's fun about it is like, you'll find something, stick it in the show notes. I'll find something, stick it in the show notes. Yeah. And, and it's still this, this really fun, I mean, it's Tuesdays are the days that I really look forward to during the week. It's still this fun, organic kind of thing. And it's, what's great is it's a conversation that we would have anyway. Yeah. We're just recording it. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: And and in some ways it's very different than how we started. If you listen to like, I mean, like 10 or 15 episodes in, we started getting into a groove, but like the first few episodes are very different than where we are now and not in a bad way. I think, I think we're in a good place now. I do too. But I just, it's fascinating how, how things just sort of things change over time and there's nothing you can do about it. No, you you gotta, you gotta roll with it. Baby. Sometimes I wonder if, if not only is there nothing, no way to stop it, but I wonder if in the same way, and this is going off on a tangent, there's no way to speed it up. I, you know Does what change require time and there's nothing you can do to change that,
0: you know? I, I think that's probably true I mean you and I have tried to make sort of gentle pushes in one direction or another and it it seems to find its own way regardless of, of kind of what influence there is you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah
1: and, and, that's, and that's not only I mean on the show yeah but I mean even in our own lives or in our own professional lives I mean yes I mean how often have you actually consciously decided to make some sort of major change that held up without it sort of reverting somewhere closer to where you were before, you know, it's almost like I'm I'm going straight. I'm going to turn 30 degrees to the right, but your the car actually only goes five degrees to the right. You know?
0: Right. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's where you look, you know, they're they're like, there's a thing in, well, first of all, this is on taking pictures. We're here each and every week talking about photography. Sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, My name is Jeffrey Sidoris from Fade and blurred. And, and with me, my anniversary buddy, Mr. Bill Wadman,
2: Yay.
0: Um, it's like they, they teach, uh, NASCAR drivers. Don't, don't look, you know, like if you're going into a turn, you d- don't look at the turn, look, look out of it. Otherwise right. you, you, you tend to track where you look. Yeah. Right. Right. But uh, I guess
1: the, 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 the corollary of that, the, the obvious thing is that, like, what, what if something's right in front of your car and you're looking around the corner well, yeah, and you yeah, slam yeah. into it, right? There's that. I mean, is that, you know, is there looking too far ahead and not seeing where you actually are? Um, that's always a scary part of it. But it's, you know, I just, you know, my career is changing. Your career is changing. You know, your sight is changing over time. I mean, Fade and Blurred is different than it was
0: two years ago. Right. You know. Um, and, and apparently there are still... Uh, quite a few people that have no idea what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the people
1: making comments. What, what does he do? Yeah. What, what exactly does he do? (laughs) Um, well, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just find that the, the more that I try to make big leaps, the less successful those leaps are versus me sort of, chugging away at what I do and following
0: where that goes, you know. Um, so is is success, whatever that means for you, yeah. is success a byproduct, or can you? Do you believe that you can steer towards it? Um,
1: I want to believe that I want to believe that you can steer towards it, or at least I I would have felt that way before. Um, before what? Earlier in my life, maybe. Okay. Uh, but as I get older. It feels like success, whatever temporary state that is, um, is sort of just a. a <laughs> you know what it kind of feels like? It's like um, at the end of it's the end of the race when they've got the the tape across the finish line, you know, and you right, pop through right. it. And you know what? If you've run a whole race for you know an hour, or whatever it is, and you get to that finish line, you probably don't even feel yourself going through the stupid tape because it just goes. P- you know, right? right. So I, I feel like success in many ways is just a guidepost that you pass
0: in the experience of doing whatever it is you're doing. You know, is I don't it think is it's it more state. valuable to look back on success or to look forward toward it? I mean, can can it be? I mean, I think you can. A lot look, of people, it's a driving force, right?
1: Yeah, but I think that those people are not kidding themselves, but I think that they're 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 playing a game with themselves you know i don't think that you can steer towards success because how do you define success and you know right. it's like right. the goal post is always moving i mean if i look back on my life the th- it's sort of looking back in your life outside of your career let's mm-hmm. say you're just looking back at the the moments when you were happiest when you were happiest in that moment you probably didn't even notice it You know, you wouldn't have said, oh, I'm the happiest I've ever been. You know, it's only five years later when that relationship broke up or, you know, like you had to move somewhere else. And you were like,
0: you know, I was really happy in Kansas City or whatever it is. Right. Well, and and you you said it's it's always moving. And I I agree with that. I I used to. And I still do to a certain extent, but not nearly as much as I used to. But I, I used to be very defined in my own mind by what I was doing for a living. By what I was working on, you know? Yeah. And the higher the profile, the project, the greater my sense of self-worth. Yes. And I I think that there is a natural tendency to do that,
1: especially as artists. Of course it is. (laughs) It's an illusion. Especially if you're working on some big thing with, you know, 2,000 other people. Right. You You are a cog in a machine and you just could have just as easily gotten some other job which wasn't successful versus the, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, I've worked on big giant advertising brands, you know, I've done stuff for MasterCard and whatever. Right. It's right. like, I'm not the genius behind MasterCard. I was just a guy who no. worked on the MasterCard account,
0: you know? Well, so, and it's, it's funny. You're, you're at least in this country, I can't speak to anywhere else, but in this country, it's, it's, it's not who do you want to be? It's what do you want to be? Yeah, and that's I think there's a, there's an amazing distinction there of of how you approach your life well that's that's but yeah okay but i think
1: the goal there is some sort of weird societal external view of what
0: somebody is right sure in 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 other countries it's 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 rude to say you know what do you do for a living right off the bat that's considered very personal and it's not really relevant to who you are right here it is the end all be all what do you do How okay. do you contribute? Right. Well, I
1: mean, uh, okay, that, that may be true of somebody who, who, you know, works some office job that they don't like, you know, that, that, that they, they would say, I am not defined by what I do, but could you say that you and I are, are defined
0: by what we do? Would you not say that? Um, be more specific, Define, self-definition or external?
1: External. If somebody asks, you know, what do you do? And I say, I'm a portrait photographer. Doesn't that tell you actually tell you a lot about me uh, in a no. way that it might more than
0: say, you know, I no. don't know. I I think <clears throat> simply because I don't have, I don't have a definite answer to that question anymore of what, what you do, what if somebody asks me, w- what do you do? <laughs> I really don't have a definite answer. Yeah. I write, I take pictures, I paint, I You know, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and. (laughs) That's because everyone who hears that goes, lucky bastard. Right, right. (laughs) I'm I'm semi-retired. No, I mean, I, when, when, when Universal imploded, I was freelance for several years. And I enjoyed that. I was a freelance designer, freelance art director, whatever, and, and continued to work you know, with, with Sony and Disney and Warners and, and continued sort of in that entertainment space doing web work. Mm-hmm. But as you know, the web game has changed tremendously in yep. the last, <clears throat> especially five years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it went, it changed in many ways. It changed almost overnight. Um uh, and and you know you could charge five or ten thousand dollars for a flash interstitial and then people went, wait, we're paying how much for these? Right. And it just dried up. Yeah. And I think there's been a renaissance of sorts that's not really directly proportional, obviously, but there's there's a, a renaissance of sorts in this country of people wanting to do their own thing and and be their own sort of entrepreneur, be their own boss, make something, and it's given rise to sites like Etsy, and it's given rise to Indiegogo and Kickstarter and all these people that are that really want to have this experience of of a life beyond that sort of corporate bill of goods that we were sold growing up.
1: Yes, but the problem is that I think that the zeitgeist of especially the internet space is definitely going that direction. Mm -hmm. I think the problem as far as like living that life is that the rest of the world has not caught up. So doing things like buying a house, if you define yourself as some self-employed person who barters for a lot of their stuff or whatever it is,
0: becomes a real problem like the the people that want to be let's say musicians yeah are are they looking they're they're looking at people like i don't know like beyonce and justin bieber and all that as as sort of benchmarks of of success and if they can do it i can do it right okay what are the people on 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 sort of the the internet side of that or the technology side of that are they looking at 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 Companies Instagram like, and well, yeah, or 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 uh, you know that game Candy Crush Saga, sure, one point two billion dollars that that game has generated. Yeah, is are 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 people looking at it'll that be gone saying, next year, <laughs> right? But it, you know, in the meantime, that's the rock star or yeah, or sure. you know Angry Birds when it first came out or oh, are people who know, are like making apps and stuff trying to do that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that do, the do they
1: realize that they, it? quite literally is one in a million or one in 10 million, you know, Mm -hmm. or one in a hundred million that, that, that hits the jackpot. The rest of the people don't make any money. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I, we had um, Easter dinner the other day and some friends were over a number of whom are artists. And, and it's funny, we, we had a, we had a lawyer, a graphic designer, a, uh, a set painter for movies, a professional dancer, like all kinds of people were over here. And uh, I caught a couple of them discussing, saying that they, if they had it to do over again, they would not have gone to college for what they do. Mm -hmm. Even if they ended up doing what they're doing, they would not have gone to school for it,
0: you know, and she went to school. And the reason being what? that The the education was, was different than real world? Uh, that she, no,
1: I think that it's that she didn't need to go to school to learn this trade in the way that she does it now outside of the world. And if she was going to spend all that money for college, say she would have rather learned something interesting. Like she was saying she would have gone to school for history. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, at least, you know, I think she, yeah, but then what are you going to do with that? I think she has a, a degree in set design or theater or something or other, you know?
0: Um, other other than teaching and then you got your bachelor's well, is i no think good. she, You've she get would master's even a a PhD. Right? right well,
1: I guess she was saying uh that she would have gone to school for history and then just kept doing this when she got out you know and it which uh, okay. is why when some people you know people have written us and asked you know like well, how would you how do you learn would you go to college for this you know like would you ever go to would you ever go to a studio art school
0: looking back now yeah no. Would you, if, if, if you knew some, you know, I would prefer to intern somewhere and then have that turned into something because you're on, on, on some level, the theory of what you learn is sort of, once you graduate is, is sort of eschewed for, for the practicality of what you need to do in the industry.
1: Yeah. Whatever that
0: industry may be. Sure.
1: I mean, the um, argument is, I mean, like I went to Berklee Berkeley college in Boston, which is a very practical music school. And I know a lot of people who were classmates of mine who are serious music people out in LA, you know, engineers and, and musicians and arrangers and that kind of thing. Um, and part of what you're, you're paying for there in some ways is to get that set of friends so that when you go out there, you have this set of friends that, that, you know, you know, um, but for you looking back on that, I mean, what did it get you? It didn't get you. Well, like, I didn't uh, end up doing music, so it didn't right. get me. All so of it didn't anything. get you anything. Right. Well, it didn't get me anything as far as is it is it is it directly relating to my bottom line in my bank account? No. But did it? I enjoy the time that I spent there and the people that I met there? And have I, you know, have relationships? Oh, Of course. I mean, everything you do, you get something out of, you know nothing right. is completely
0: worthless so it's a, you got you got personal experiences but really n- not much in the way of practicality out of it uh, i would have had i stayed in that business mm-hmm.
1: like it, that school is very specifically sort of geared towards you know you 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 were at school doing what it is you will be doing when you get out of school kind of thing
0: but you you could argue that about about a number of college experiences yep yep yep, yep. Yeah. You know. And people but, want to go to college for the experience, well, not necessarily for the education. Sure.
1: And 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 the dancer uh said, you know, like well, I don't, you know, who knows, maybe maybe you should it's better to have not go to college or whatever. And I said, well, there's definitely an argument for that, but then sure you could go uh uh just rehearse for 4 years, you know, go mm-hmm. practice. I mean, there were kids at Berkeley who I knew 18 years old who would come in, sit down at a piano and they sound like Bill Evans and i'm kind of like okay why are you here go play <laughs> get out there and just do this you know what, what are you getting here that you don't get from just doing the thing that you do right like the craft you know um i i didn't go to school for photography um i had a shoot last friday and uh and i had to uh, get a new assistant assistant sort of at the last minute and i i was i wrote this girl who was recommended to me And we met up and, and, um, and she went to school for photography, but she's having a hard time like finding work, you know, Mm -hmm. here in New York. And I I just, I said, it's really funny that like, you know, I didn't go to school. And she said, you know, I think it's funny that a lot of the people that I know who seem to be working more are people who didn't go to school for it for some strange reason.
0: I, I know one photographer, I went to high school with him actually, and um, he was, I think two years behind me, okay. um, had a dark room in high school. His, his dad built him, you know, like those, those construction trailers that they have on construction sites. Sure, His dad got him one of those in, in the backyard and they, they did a whole, a whole color lab. Okay. That's in his pimp. backyard. Yeah. It was amazing as like a sophomore, right? Wait, he, can, he was, can I ask you a quick aside? Yeah. Yeah. If you were
1: a parent and had a kid who was into something, you know, let's say it was photography. Or skateboarding. If they were really into skateboarding and they said, I need a ramp, would you help them build a ramp?
0: Would I personally? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Me too. But yeah. my like my at least a ramp. You know, I, I would do my best to do like the Tony Hawk, you know, backyard skate park type of thing. Right. If that's really what you want to do, if you if you know that you're passionate about it right now at 10 or 12 or whatever it is. Yeah. I would, I would try to do that. It's, it's kind of like the JJ Abrams thing where like his grandfather kept giving him
1: synthesizers and cameras and stuff. Yeah. You know, so he had stuff that he could actually use to do
0: it. He didn't have to just sit around and dream about it. Right. Well, and that's, that's the way, you know, this, this, this guy was in high school and he took to it like nobody's business. Ended up going to Brooks up in uh, Santa Barbara. Yeah. Where Randy Shane taught for a while. Yeah. And is, <clears throat> is still, a photographer. He's got this beautiful 4000 square foot studio, roll up doors, shoots cars, shoots food, shoots all kinds of stuff, you know, and yeah. he knew when he was 14 years old, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And and has just gone after it, you know. Um oh, there's something cool about that. Yeah, and 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 you know, what granted was given opportunity, <clears throat> but I think would have still made it work had he not had, you know, yeah, look a a I, a twenty three C or whatever right. with a dual dichrobe color head and all that. You know, he right. still would are, have. Are those things
1: it. requirements? Absolutely not. But but it's 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 sort of it's greasing the wheels so that you know if the, <laughs> if if the kid wants to go fast, his bike is going to go as fast as he can go. Right, you
0: know. Well, I mean, and contrast it against my own experience. You know, I had a dark room in high school. Right. Um, I had a Besler forty-five MX. I had really nice gear. Got rid of it for whatever reason. It didn't stick with me. I loved the experience, but once I once I made that move to college for whatever reason, I didn't pursue it in college. I
1: now, went, no, this was at your father's place or your mother's mom. Or, okay. Your mom's place. Did your mother ever give you the,
0: wow, we wasted money on that stuff for the not once, but you know that, you know, that angle. Yeah. Not once she, she to her credit, she never did that for anything because she was all about, this is an experience and, and you don't know where this experience takes you in a big picture. Okay. Well that, that goes back to my
1: experience in, in, in music school, right? Like who would have known what I've thought 20 years ago that I would be here talking to you on, on the, on the radio, (laughs) you know, (laughs) 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 welcome to (laughs) on taking pictures. And I heard from our sponsors, (laughs) Um, you know, uh, it's it, you know, things go it, life tends to turn in really strange directions and I don't know I think anybody looking back on hindsight and saying and them saying, "Oh, that happened because of me and I made this decision." I think that there's too much chaos going on to to ascribe
0: any big change to any one decision. Okay, you know, well, you've got some things in the notes here, and I, I yeah, I'd, I'd like to. Okay, jump yeah, let's into jump those. into this. What, what y- we y-
1: y- go ahead? We we were talking the other day. You and I were on were on the phone, and I heard I heard something that I thought I, I don't know I thought it was something like a, a garbage truck outside your house or something. <laughs> well, it could have been. It was like <laughs> oh, okay. It was my coffee grinder. It was your coffee grinder. Yes, and. I said, man, you take a, you love making coffee and I didn't say you love drinking coffee, which I'm sure you also do, but you definitely love making coffee, right? You, you know, you grind the beans and you put your little espresso thing and you know.
0: Yeah. And I, well, I have a manual grinder. It's this, it's this Hario grinder from Japan. It's got ceramic, you know, blades. It's kind of like dances with wolves. Yeah, kind (laughs) of like that. Yeah, it is. But it's got a a glass vessel instead of a little wooden box. But there is something about, this is going to sound weird in the context of coffee, but there's something about earning it.
1: Yeah. And well, I said to you, it's funny, I could imagine that you would rather have a cup of coffee that's a seven out of 10 that you made rather than a nine out of 10 that somebody else made.
0: Every day of the week. Yes.
1: Yeah. Which, which yeah. to me is just like if you actually enjoy drinking coffee,
0: you I sh- do, you but sh- not as much as making it. Yeah, uh huh. See, you know, like my my machine that I that I have coveted for for years is one of the La Pavonis that it's not pump driven. It's all it's manual. You've got to control not only the pressure that you pull down. But the speed and it's there's there's a craft to it as 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 much as there can be to making coffee there there's you have to earn it and I like that I these like that only in cost, my entire uh, life
1: they only cost eight hundred dollars we could we could put some money
0: together and get you one of these things yeah should we should I kickstart a coffee machine I think you should um, no. I think if if I kickstarted a coffee machine over <laughs> a trip to New York Freddie Clark would fly out here and and beat me senseless.
1: <laughs> no, I'll just wait till he gets to New York and then he can come beat you here. <laughs> um, but I, I, I find it interesting, right. That, that, that it is, it's the experience even more so than the results. You want good results, but it's the experience that you're really looking for. Yes. Right. In most of my life. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, and, and I made the thing that you love coffee, you get different kinds of coffee. I said, I drink Coke. I don't drink Pepsi or RC. I'm not a, I'm not a cola fanatic. I just like drinking Coke and I like it in certain ways because it tastes better.
0: But, but you're not out there trying like little craft brew. No, colas or no, something. no, I've no interest in that,
1: you know? And, and, and it just got me thinking about how maybe that's some, as much as I love the craft of a lot of things, there are a number of other things that I, I'm going to hand over to the experts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like Coke, can make better Coke than I can, you know? So like let them make Coke and I'll buy it for $1.99 for a two liter bottle or whatever it is. Right. 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 Um, and, and how the, how that impacts the things that we make as say photographers, right? Like I, I love having stuff that I'm proud of on my portfolio that people can go see. Right.
0: But I, I would, I would argue that that's probably a common, right. Who, who doesn't among, right. you know, all photographers right. or most at least. Yeah. I mean, look in, in the
1: end, you want other people to see and go, wow, that's really good. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't do this job so that I get for lack of a better words, accolades of the finished work. I do the job cause I enjoy doing the job. You know what I mean? Sure like I enjoy actually going out there and spending an hour and a half with some guy and taking his picture you know and it's funny in in photography I guess I'm I'm more like you now this comes down to the whole thing we've talked about we've like hinted on before which is you know however does the process matter to the finished project product should should the the final viewer be more impressed that something was done in camera versus done as a composite or you know what I mean? Like who cares? Mm -hmm. Should it matter in the value of whatever it is that you're making? You know, is that cup of coffee better because you spent five minutes grinding it by hand versus 15 seconds grinding it in an
0: electric thing? Right. Well, and I, I think if there's a, if there's a predisposition by the viewer, yeah, or by the, the, the consumer or customer or whatever whatever the end product is, you know, some people like, you know, and if they have the means, they're going to buy, you know, a hand-built Aston Martin. Mm. Is it going to get them to and from better, faster, whatever, than than, you know, my Honda Fit? Right. Maybe, but maybe not. Right. But there's still there's still something about this has been made by hand in, you know, wherever. Yeah, there's something about process that that people of that ilk gravitate towards. Now,
1: is is that a status thing, though?
0: Like, look, I have this car and
1: I have so much money that I could have my car built by hand. I'm sure it is to some people. I,
0: I, I have a couple friends who who have ridiculous amounts of money. They they make ungodly sums of money. And to them, it's just a tool. It's, to them, they won't even buy me my uh, espresso maker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, if they're having a good time, they want to make sure everybody's having a good time. Right. And, and money is the way to do that. Yep. And it's not lorded over you know, those of us who don't have that kind of money. right? It's, it's instead provided in, 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 in ways that, that don't make us feel self-conscious about it. You know, is, is there
1: an argument to be made that, um, you know, the, the old adage that, you know, life is about experience. It's not about objects, you know?
0: Um,
1: yeah, that, but that, there are, that is, it's, it's, it's about what you've experienced, not what you have,
0: but there are experiences sometimes associated with objects.
1: Absolutely. But I'm just saying that, 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 you know, in the end, you know, the old proverbial deathbed you know, you're not going to think about the fact that you owned that Aston Martin. You're going to think about how you flew to England to go pick it up or whatever it is. Right. right. Like that's, right. that's
0: the experience. Or the feeling you know? that you got driving up one Oh one pinned to the seat. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you know, it's even, even in, even in minor things
1: like, like, uh, I, I enjoy shaving with a razor. Like I don't, I don't have a, a I don't use one of those, um, you know, straight edge or any of that kind of stuff. Like I'm not like, a, I'm not a shaving fetishist. But I enjoy actually putting wet lather on and and pulling you know scraping off the things with a metal blade versus using an electric, which okay. could be theoretically faster and easier, right? You right, know, and less likely to cut myself and that kind of thing. But I enjoy the feeling of doing that, you know, in the same way that you enjoy the feeling of of pen to paper, you know, yeah. Which Ooh, I good- which doesn't do anything for me, you know. Um, it's funny that last week Jason Smith, one of the the people on the group. Apparently got his hands on an old AE-1, like an old Canon, you know? I saw that. Yeah. And he was just like, wow, like, I, I didn't really get it when Bill and Jeffrey said how camera felt like like a gun going off, you know, or whatever it was. Yeah. And he's just like, now I get it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's one of those visceral things you almost have to experience to understand. Right. You know? Right. Right. Uh, I lent Cisco my, my Leica a couple weeks ago and, you know. It, and he's just like, it just feels so completely different doing that, you know? And I said, yeah. And th- then it makes the experience of taking the pictures all that much different, you know? And this the, is, r- remind me again, this is an M6? Uh, I gave him my M4. But yeah, I mean, th- all the M's feel very similar. I actually think the M4 is the coolest feeling of them, in my opinion. Uh,
0: oh know. yeah, okay, here we go.
1: The M4 is like what like Winogrand used to use. It's like it's sort of the <clears throat> first of the really modern M's. The M3 had this weird winder, and it was a pain in the ass to 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 load and that kind of stuff. The M4 was like the first one that had the like quick loading where you didn't have to pull the spool out, and and the the re- re- rewinding wheel was this little flip out thing. Um, it's 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 the good one, as it were. But but the point is that like it's it's that experience of making the thing. You know, it's this experience of going to a certain school and having certain, you know, having these experiences with other people that are the real value in any of this stuff. Sure. You know, um, I just, you know, I guess where's the line for you? Would you rather have a great experience and have crappy results? Like, would that be okay with you? Or is the experience only important up into the point in which... It, deterior- it detracts from the final results.
0: I think if the experience is in in tune, for, for lack of a better word, the result may not be what you thought it would, but I don't think it will be horrible.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So sort of uh, let, letting the experience go and dictate where the final product goes and just suck it up and
0: enjoy it. I think so. Again, this is, you know, a lot of this is really subject to change because I'm, I'm thinking about it more and I'm exploring some of these things more. I'm, I'm reading a lot more. Um, in fact, I'm reading a book right now called uh, Creative Intelligence. Um, it's, its subtitle is like harnessing, harnessing the Power to Create, Inspire, and Connect. Does it involve crystals? Create, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, by getting Bruce Nussbaum. Okay. And it, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of allowing me to rethink m- some of my positions on creativity in terms of born nurtured nature, these kinds of things. Um, in, wait, in what way? Well, I'm not, I'm not quite through it yet, but okay. I, 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 I have this belief that, that, that as we've talked about, that you are you are either born with a gift or not. Um, That's your
1: premise, right?
0: Yes. And while I do still believe that, there are, I think there are clues in your life to finding what that may be. And, And some of us try to shoehorn ourselves into something that we think it is, but it may not be it. Your life, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or or what you do, you know, for a living or finding, oh, yeah. you know, finding your passion, finding your yeah. bliss, whatever that, you want to call it.
1: That also kind of aligns with what I was saying earlier about how you, you can't force success, you know, like, right. like, unless you want to go become an investment
0: banker. Yeah. You can force money, you know, but like right. you can't, I, you know, I guess what I, what I'm, what I'm learning is that I'm okay with with beliefs being subject to change and allowing them to be influenced. Nothing, nothing that I believe really yeah. with a, with, with a very few exceptions is set in stone.
1: Did it used to be different? Uh, yes. So it's loosening up as you get older. Yeah. yeah. So like in your seventies, it was more of a, <laughs> um, <laughs> see. uh, you did there. Wait, here's, I guess, I guess here's my question. You read a lot of these, you read a lot of these books about the creator, the pressman one the you know this kind of stuff i do yeah okay. yeah i do now is it that each with each book you read you have a clearer um more refined understanding of your position or does your position shift does that make sense
0: i think there's a
1: refinement
0: one way or another okay i i because I I, 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 I I try
1: to i could imagine somebody reading a new one and being like, Oh, this is what it is.
0: And then reading the nope. next one saying, Oh wow, that one's wrong. No, this is what it nope. is. No, nope. I you have, a, I have a baseline and I, I try to let myself read each new title without any sort of preconceived notions. And if it, if it solidifies my position or it gives me pause or gives me something else to think about, I try to take those things on their own merits. Okay. And, and try to not just go, well, this, this is clearly not what I currently believe. So it's, so it's wrong or whatever. Right. 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 Um, I I try not to do that because I don't, if that's the case, then what's the point of reading the book? If I'm only going to read things that, that, that solidify my position, then I'm not growing and I'm not learning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, a lot of times I'll read those things and I'll, and I'll think to myself, Yes, the, the core of what he's saying is is true, but are is there anything different here other
0: than the words he's using to describe that? Um, it, there's a lot of that. You know there there are a lot of books out there that are saying the same things in yeah. slightly different ways, and some of them feel sort of like Amway seminars. And,
1: yes, exactly, and sometimes in contradictory ways yes you know from page to page it's like wait didn't you just say the exact opposite last right chapter? it's almost like you're not you're not proofing your own work <laughs> yeah it's, it's that old thing where it's like sometimes it has to be everything but every always it has to be sometimes and it's like wait yeah. what, what did you just you can say? picture the
0: author going okay what you never have to do no wait is it always yeah, no. yeah is yeah, it yeah. never
1: i mean it's the same way with a lot of like you know the the, the lists on the internet you know right you know never take your pictures backlit it's just like well you know and then number seven is well try different lightings maybe move around (laughs) to the front the back of the people and you're like what what are you talking about you just told me not to (laughs) you know
0: yeah Uh, i you know i i think as i as i get older i realize i know less and i'm 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 open to more interpretation and more experience driving interpretation gotcha if that makes sense Yeah, yeah yeah sure You know, when you're 17, you think you know everything. Yeah. Or when you're 25 or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then, you know, you realize (laughs) that you really don't.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like I, I felt a certain way from age, say, 13 up until, uh, I don't know, three years ago, like felt like I was not static, but that. I mean, obviously, my life was changing, all kinds of things in my life were changing. But the overall, um, uh, the core of me was very stable over that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then a few years ago, I came to this strange, it wasn't a realization, it was just sort of like a, um, where where when I was younger, I was I was mature for my age. At a certain point a few years ago, I passed... My, 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 um, how do I put this? My, my, my chronological age, uh, suddenly passed my psychological age. You know what okay. I mean? You know, I, it's like I was 25 years, let's say I was 32 years old from the time I was 13. And then once I hit 32 say, it's like now, okay, now I'm behind. If I don't, if my psychology, if my mind doesn't change along with my chronological age, now, now I'm being immature as it were, right. you know, right. And this is, I'm not trying to set all kinds of social biases and, you know, I mean, you understand what I'm trying to get at. Sure. Um, I think so. And in doing that, it it sort of, it shifted the way that I saw things and I became much less rigid about all kinds of things um, and, and continue to do so to this day. Um, It's like one of the, one of the big uh, achievements of, of the last five, 10 years of my life is Less black and white and more gray, you know, because um, black and white in any well, gray
0: is where it gets interesting.
1: Yeah. And black and white is dangerous. In, Which in all is kinds funny
0: because in in a lot of ways, they it, especially like it, it's something in business. They say that, that, that there's there's no money in the middle. Yeah. But. That Technically runs, everything's in the middle. There's always yeah, a higher but runs, and there's always a lower. It right? runs contrary to, to it's, it's the shades of, it's the sort of subtleties. It's the shades of gray where things do get interesting. Well,
1: the business is also looking at the world, you know, through a piece of green paper. Right. So I, I mean, and, and I think that is, that is one of the problems, you know, how, how do you define success if you take away fame and money?
0: You know, how do you define success if you take away fame and money?
1: It's really hard to do. It's, it's hard. It becomes a much more internal question. Right. And, but again, that's where it gets interesting. Of course. But, but that's also where then you have to have some sort of definition of what it is that you're reaching for. Mm -hmm. But, but the idea of goals going back to the beginning of the discussion, I mean, you, you can't force, you know, you can't make something happen, you know? So so it's like if you, you define some sort of goal and then you're living your life and your life doesn't go according to the goal for all kinds of reasons, completely outside of your control. And then you blame yourself for not reaching that goal and you feel like a failure, you know, um, it's it's a really difficult thing to do even just even to define what it is that you want, look, we've spent a hundred four episodes, and you and I neither of us can really define what it is that we're trying to accomplish, you know like we we go back and forth on it all day long, right you know and so if 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 in two hundred hours into this show <laughs> we've gotten nowhere quote unquote. Is there actually an answer for anybody or is that is is the idea of a goal or 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 any sort of uh, 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 milestone of success that you're supposed to compare yourself to other than X amount of dollars in your bank account and X million followers on whatever. How else do you gauge it, you know, or do you have to let all of that go and just say, am I happy doing what I'm doing
0: right now? I think I think there's something to that. And in fact, we we got, I don't know if you was it a tweet? Uh, I can't remember if it was a tweet from someone. Yeah, it was was from Jason Smith. Who left, he left us a voicemail. Did you listen to that? Yes. And it was like, look, I I still have no idea what you (laughs) do talking about me. Yeah. But I know that you love it. Whatever it is, you love doing it. Whatever it is that you're doing every day, you, you love it. And I do. It, it is difficult for me to define it other than, you know, how I've defined it thus far. But I do love what I do. And I think that I'm. So why do you obsess about it? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that accusatorily. I'm I'm saying yeah. like.
1: So why, why is do it, I
0: obsess
1: about it? I enjoy doing what I'm doing right now. So why do I beat myself up about it all so much? You know? Hmm.
0: That I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, for a long time. Is it the ghosts of other people? Maybe. Telling you that it's not good enough? Maybe. You know, for a long time, I, I judged success by two things. Well, three things, if you want to split them up. Yeah. Loving Wait. what I do. Right. Having enough money to pay my bills. Right. Women in your bed. No. Having enough money to pay my bills and having a little bit left over to play with. To buy boots with. To buy boots with, that's right. You know, and when I'm not whining about, you know, one thing or another, that's really what my life is. I get to do what I love doing, which is writing and talking to people and celebrating work and and you know i still take the odd design job not as much as i used to but i don't have to Mm -hmm. um and and that is i mean if you want to call it blessed okay i'll take it if you want to call it lucky fine okay i'll take it but i also work really hard to be able to do it but at the end of the day it's it's Gosh, this is good. Now that I'm thinking about it, at the end of the day, I I have to look at myself as a success. Yeah. <clears throat> because I don't I don't hate what I do. I don't come home sore and broken and you know, mentally or physically. Right. I you know, I yeah. don't have a chip on my shoulder about how unfairly the world is treating me now. Is that a is that the luck of geography, partially, sure.
1: Do you ever no. Do you ever think that, do you ever think me minus 10 years?
0: Looking Wait, at you or me?
1: You, let's say. Okay. You at age, whatever your age is, minus 10 years. Okay, so I was 35. Okay. You 35 looking at you 45. Do you ever think, would the 35-year-old me be proud of me and where I am? Or, you know what I mean? Is it not somebody else judging you? Rather, it's, it's some other version of you in time judging you. you as I've gotten,
0: game? I do. As, as I've gotten older, it was always my parents. Right. Specifically my mother. Okay. Because my father, up until, as, we, as we've talked about, up until f- fairly recently before he died... I didn't believe that he knew nor cared what I did. Right.
1: Which of course I was he wrong. did. Yeah.
0: Yes, I was wrong. And we got to a point where we, we, we were able to unpack that. But he was never – I gave up trying to please him long ago.
1: Yeah. Well, in some ways, whether or not he cared is irrelevant to whether or not he understood
0: yeah, he still doesn't. He he never understood really that's, what that's I did. That's that's the thing, right? In the same he way that didn't my hesitate. mother doesn't understand what I do, right? You yeah, know? but he didn't hesitate to tell everybody everything.
1: Right, but you didn't oh, know that. This.
0: I didn't know that. Of course, you did. I had know that. no idea. Yeah, I I got the same stuff from people you know? about my parents, but somewhere along the line, and I don't. I, I've tried to, to to kind of pinpoint when that was. It it became more about what we're talking about. Am I proud of myself? Have I, have I earned, and that's, that's really kind of where I come down now is have I earned my time here? Like paying back the universe? Maybe. Am I earning my time here? You know, that's,
1: that's, that's a, that's an interesting uh, corollary to my putting a few bricks on the wall of humanity thing. That mm-hmm. I, I tend to refer to like you're just, you're basically saying, have I done enough work today to to
0: to to afford my my room and board? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. 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 You know, and I, it's you know, I, I think I talked a little bit about it last week where I I, I I am of the belief that that my time for me has passed. Right. But you don't and you don't think that six
1: months from now that might change or six years I hope from now. not. I hope not. You hope not. No, I you hope, hope not. that there's no revitalization that says, screw that. I'm going to become a really famous or not famous for lack of a better term, yeah, successful yeah. painter.
0: I hope not. Okay. Because, because I, I, you
1: get a certain sense of, of security and knowing that you've finally landed somewhere.
0: Maybe, but it more than that, it's, I, I think, I think my life is becoming richer experiencing the creativity of others versus just my own creative process. Okay. I think, I think finding new work and experiencing the way other people see the world or see themselves is, is informing my own work in ways that I didn't think it would be possible or ways that I wouldn't expect.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: Okay and allowing myself to 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 be part of this stream and and to go have you seen this you know there there's that discovery process of of seeing work that you've never seen before whatever it is whether it's a book or a painting or a song um and that 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 fuels me lately for the last several years that's what's that's what's kind of fueled me and like this weekend I'm going to Paris photo and I absolutely can't wait because there are so many people that are out there that I've never heard of. Last year, up until last year's Paris photo, I had no idea who Fred Herzog was, for example. Right, right. And was walking around and by chance ran into Ibarian X and his wife and he had said, oh my God, you've got to go see the Herzogs. You're
1: really not going to do it in his voice?
0: No, I didn't know. He's got such a great voice. (laughs) voice. Ibarian X, you have like... (laughs) Oh, you are the Barry White of podcasting. It's so good. Anyway, it's go so ahead. It's so good. Oh, I love voice. Every
1: time I talk to him, I'm like, man, that guy's got a cool voice. I know. Horse. It's just
0: like smooth, <laughs> right? He's like, oh. It's like go R&B to to it. radio. Anyway, yeah, go, go ahead. Go listen to the guided frame. Uh, yeah, I ran into him and his wife, and he was like, have you seen the Herzogs? And I honestly, I thought he was talking about some people that I should go meet, yeah. like the Herzogs. And I'm yeah. like, and he's like, oh, yeah, they're in the they're in the whatever, whatever soundstage they were in. And we went over there and, and here are these incredible photographs of Vancouver from, you know, the 50s to present day. Right. And seeing those inspired me to go look at more work and that, you know, got me to other photographers. And that's where I think I live now. So it's not my stuff is kind of a byproduct. Yeah, I'll paint when I have time or when when it when it strikes me or I'll write something personally or you know whatever it is. But for now the charge that you get from taking a portrait right is equivalent to me looking at that portrait yeah. and going, "Have you seen this to someone else?" Sure. So no, I hope it doesn't change. Okay. Not not too far, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I I really like where it's going. I don't know Paris anyway. or Paris Photo. Why don't they call Sorry. it a Los Angeles Photo? Because it's it's I don't know. It's the Paris Photo thing. I don't know because it's only it takes place at what is it the Grand the Grand Palace in Paris. And now this is this is the second year that it's been here in L.A. It's on the Paramount Pictures lot, which is really neat because it's like you know the, all the old sets and and sound stages. You get to wander through sound stages and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Really looking forward to it. Crazy.
1: Hey, yeah. uh, we should talk about a sponsor.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks for being so patient. That was a kind of a long-winded thing. But we talking about? Are you, wait, are you talking to the the, the listeners?
1: Well, you you two. No, you know, that's I just kind of waxed on. That's about what it. this show's anyway. about. Ah, okay, all right. I mean, I know we're supposed to talk about cameras and stuff, but
0: well, but it all all of this, it's all the juice, right? Yeah, this is this the is. juice that this is the the the, the, the this is the,
1: why you pick up the camera not yeah how you this pick like up the camera
0: creative lube
1: <laughs> you know what that should be our t-shirt but it's creative lube no no on taking pictures it's why you pick up the camera not how you pick up the camera
0: that's uh, that's good that's good yeah no no okay we right, work something on that. like that uh who who are we talking about today uh, we're talking about Squarespace, of course, because
1: we love uh, Squarespace. Oh, oh, these guys! Yeah, these yeah. guys. You know, it was funny. I had I had, a, I had a, a gallery on my site that that my my new agent thought I could lose, and and she was over and she's like, oh yeah, you could you should get rid of that. And like, as she was, I was like, oh, why is that? And as she was telling me why she thinks the thing, I, I like logged on, clicked, dragged it down to not showing. Like, right. And, and she's like, wait, it's gone. I was like, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> or rather it's, you know, in, in storage, you know, like it, like in Raiders in of the Lost Art. storage. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's inside yeah. the box, inside the giant yeah. map painting warehouse. Bill, Bill's bill got top men working on it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you know Squarespace, right? Uh, so this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and ten percent off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code First Camera. First Camera. Wait, we talked about first cameras last time we did this, didn't we? We've talked about first cameras. Yeah. Uh, use the offer code First Camera uh and you'll get 10% off. Uh Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs and more support. But interestingly enough, I went to the, you know, blog.squarespace.com where they talk about, you know, all the new things they've added. Yes. And they've added a an alert ribbon up at the top of the screen that you could turn on. Yes. That's a really handy thing. Yes. So you know if you if I don't know there's some you know site maintenance or oh I'm going to be here or you know take a look at this or or if you're selling something yeah ten percent off or, yeah 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 you know, yeah, yeah whatever anything is, you want to yeah. draw
0: your viewers eye this next, to
1: this next week is restaurant week in New York or whatever yeah uh, you can put up top anyway they added that which I thought was pretty cool uh, they have beautiful templates for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Everything is drag and drop. So it's easy to add content from your desktop and even a rearrange elements of content within a page. Uh, they make sure your site looks automatically great on any device because they have a, each template has a unique mobile design that. Uh, so, you know, looks great on your phone or your what do you use now? Are you still use an iPhone five, iPhone five, baby, yeah. uh, easily connect to Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram or uh, LinkedIn, Google and many other web and social services. And they've got e-commerce, so you can sell stuff. So even the the lowest uh, and eight dollar a month plan, you can sell one uh, item. So you know you could have a tip jar, or or like a, a lot of people apparently use it for a wedding
0: registry, so people could like give money.
1: It's they've like got a, a, a cool
0: Pinterest pin it thing that you can put on your images too. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so People can pin your stuff if they want to. See,
1: this is this this is this is why Squarespace is great. Uh, incredibly easy to use, but if you need some help, they have 70 Squarespace employees on the customer care team based in New York City. They're available for live chat during the week. New York City! Yeah, that's right, the big city, the big <laughs> apple, the big cheese. Uh, <laughs> they have super fast email support throughout the day and night. In fact, I walked by Squarespace offices the other day. I was going to ring the bell, but it was like 5 o'clock, and I figured little Ryan probably went home for the day. Uh, and as as we said earlier, you can try Squarespace for free. You don't need a credit card. And if you decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month, which includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. So make sure you get 10% off and support the show by using the offer code FIRSTCAMERA, all one word. Uh, so thank you very much to Squarespace, for supporting 5 by 5 and on Taking Pictures. We like them Squarespace people. Dun, dun,
0: dun!
1: That was good. I like that little uh, thing you just did there. Yeah. Uh, So... Somebody sent in the other day, and I you know, I'm gonna look it up who it is who sent it in. Because it was somebody recently. Thomas. Thomas Moore. Sent oh, is in this, the,
0: this is the, the, the falling the, man. The falling man.
1: Okay. So well, he's, the, he sent over this documentary. The falling man? Yeah, I guess so. Well, that's that's the argument, right? Um so it, it's it's technically a documentary about Uh, a photograph that a photographer took during September 11th, 2001 of a man falling from the world trade center tower. Right. Uh, I think tower one, but don't quote me on that. And, um, and honestly, I, I, you know, I ended up watching the whole documentary yesterday and, uh, and as someone who, was here during September 11th and watched the towers fall and knew people who died. Um, I thought the documentary was fine, although it it really just rehashed the events of the day a little too much and Mm -hmm. not quite enough about the actual photograph. Right. But the stuff about the photograph was interesting in that they, first of all, they didn't know who it was in the picture and they were trying to figure that out. So Mm -hmm. that was like one of the mysteries. But the other interesting thing was how the news media chose the pictures because this guy, I think was an AP photographer. So we took these pictures and, you know, they're available to all the newspapers say in the country or the world, you know, who, who want to pictures of the event and
0: walk me through. Was this a, was this a still photograph or was it a still frame of video?
1: It's a still photograph, but it was one of a series, which they later found out. Okay. They later figured out that it was snap, 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 snap. So you can, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it looks like he's falling straight down, but in a, in fact he was actually tumbling, but you couldn't right. tell. He it just happened
0: to catch him. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So this, in this documentary, they talk about <clears throat> this newspaper. I think it was in Pennsylvania who ended up running, uh, this picture almost sort of half of full page on a uh, half page. I guess it would be on on the, on the back of the first Uh, Section of their newspaper the next day. And I'm sure other people ran it too. Um, But they ran it and they got so much angry email, such an angry response from their readers that they never ran it again. And very few newspapers have ever run it, even though in some ways it's become an iconic photograph of the attacks. And part of the documentary was just talking about how, why that is, and 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 what happened, and and I just thought it was, I thought I I wanted to ask you the question of, you know, should the news media be self-censoring themselves? I mean, there's this isn't a gory photograph. There's no blood. There's, no, you know, what I mean. This is before the guy's death. Tech, you know what I mean. Right. In a technical way, um, it it is a it is a very um. Uh, apt description of what happened that day sure uh and yet i I don't mm. and yet people were upset to see it they would have rather seen the cops and the firemen saving people rather
0: than seeing a guy and i wonder how
1: is this any worse
0: than uh oh gosh what was the guy's name uh was it kevin carter i think it was kevin carter The, the the picture of of uh, the African child with the vulture in the background. Yes. Where this, this little child was 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 you know outside the village, and the vultures just kind of there, waiting for it to die. Yeah. yeah. How, how is this? How are they different?
1: I don't know. And 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 should you not run a photo just because it would upset people? Shouldn't this upset people? You know what I mean? And not in like a we got to go get the people who did this kind of upset people away. You know what I mean? Not, not like that kind of should upset people, but, but this is true. Truth as, as true as a photograph can be in the
0: sense that, you know, this actually happened and the guy took a picture of it. But why? Okay. Why, why the backlash against this photograph when the other photograph, the one we just talked about won a Pulitzer? Yeah.
1: Is it because this one happened in America? I don't know. And you and and this guy, people knew this guy or could have known this guy? You know.
0: I don't uh, know. I, I it, it's an interesting it, Yeah.
1: And premise. It, and it also is I mean, is it the responsibility of news media to de- I mean, of course it's their job to decide what it is that we see. But for them to say no, you shouldn't see this
0: cuz this is too upsetting for you to see. Right, right. And who where's the line between legitimate or mainstream media passing on it and you know the globe or the weekly world news or, or whatever one of those things picking it up and running it on the cover right and and, and, and where is, yeah. where does the legitimacy of of journalism versus sensationalism fall yeah where is that line right
1: and what do you think do you think this is over that line or do you think this is journalism or sensationalism
0: i think it depends on how it was framed you mean uh, how they wrote about it before yes. they, like what the, what the caption said, say. Yeah. I, I, either the caption or, or is it part of some bigger narrative yeah. or are we just showing this one photo because it's so shocking? It was on a page it, of like four or five photos from the day. Mm-hmm.
1: And they, I mean, I think it goes back to intent. Yeah, and we they, talk about intent a lot. They went and found a bunch of people who wrote letters and they had them read their letters on the air. You know, so it's like some guy sitting there and he's just like he reads a letter that he wrote and he's like, I'm not usually an angry guy. Like, I'm really easy going." He's just like, but something about that picture made me mad, mm-hmm. you know, and I sat there and I go, that's fascinating. The fact that they ran that picture made you mad. Like in the, in, in, in the chain of events that had to happen for you to be seeing that picture, including the guy being in such a state that he jumped out the window rather than burned to death right. or whatever and was one of many and was one of many. Right. Yeah. And you know, the decision of crazy people to fly airplanes into buildings and and all the way back, the the decision of these people to run this picture is what made you mad.
0: Yeah. And I mean, what does the photo represent? Is it, is it the photo itself in a vacuum? Yeah. That's, that's distasteful. Is that what you're reacting against? Is it that you think it's distasteful? That society has gotten to the point where people would
1: do this to each other.
0: And that's what you're angry about. Maybe, or or is it? We don't want to see, this. This shows America and Americans at a point of of utter sort of distress. Like, there's no other option for yeah. me here. Weakness.
1: Yeah. Yes. Into than a to
0: Jump from this building. Yeah. Is that it? I don't know.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it. I I feel like I feel like. Uh, thank you. Uh, did I say Thomas. I think Thomas uh, Morgan yeah. for for sending it in. Although uh, I think that the I think that the movie could have done much more of the conversation we're having now, versus rehashing the events of the day, which uh, to me are indelibly whatever you know.
0: Here, here's something from the Wikipedia entry about it. Theologian Mark D. Thompson of Moore Theologic Theological College said, "Quote: Perhaps the most powerful image of despair at the beginning of the 21st century is not found in art." Or literature, or even popular music, it is found in a single photograph. And yeah, maybe maybe that's it. It is it is us, and I don't mean us America, I us humanity at our weakest, at at our most frail. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It's yeah. interesting.
1: I just take a look. Go. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Somebody put up a a slightly crappy version on YouTube, but you can find it other places. Mm-hmm. I think Hulu actually has it to watch with ads, but I hate dealing with the Hulu ads, So, um, but it's, it's, I don't know something. If you guys have any thoughts on the matter, send it in. Cause I, I really don't know where I come down on this. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I tend to think, you know what, if you can't handle, and this is uh, as political as I'm ever going to get on the show, if you can't handle the fact that this is, I was going to use a word which I'm not going to use that, that this is what happens when people hate each other for all kinds of reasons, you know, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. like, then, then you are closing your eyes to so much of the world that, you know, like everyone in the West, we, we, we want our oil. We don't have to worry about our electricity going out. We want our computers. We want everyone else to, you know, all this
0: kind of stuff. It's like, well, yeah. we'll complain about jobs going overseas but we still want two dollar sweatpants from walmart
1: exactly and it's like you know what like every single cent between that two dollars it should cost and the twenty dollars it should cost every single little one of those cents is an incremental thing that 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 leads to bad stuff in the world and sometimes that bad stuff happens and by being upset about this photo it's kind of like are you kidding me like the reason why this is happening has, has something to do with the way the world works. And that has something to do with you buying $2 sweatpants. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, um, it's, it's, it's sticking your head in the sand. If, if by saying that you're upset about this photo, it's like this photo is reality. This, this cushy life that most people live in the West is, is, is a fantasy world. I mean, you get to live in it and it's great. More power to us, you know, Right, but but to think that this is actually normal is crazy. You
0: right, know? right, right. And I so you.
1: that's why that's how I kind of look at this and I think, you know, what you you should everyone should be forced to stare at this image for an hour and think about what it means and what it represents, because it 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 it's not showing the weakness of America, as some people might argue. You know, um, or I didn't find that it was. Uh, disrespectful in some way. In fact, I think it's very respectful to stare at it, to realize how far
0: we've pushed everything to to get where we are. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I can see that. I could see that again. I'm I'm not sure where I come down on it.
1: Yeah. It makes me angry for different reasons.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm.
1: it makes me angry that people are angry about it. It's like, it's a photograph. The guy's dying and you're angry about seeing it. Come on. That guy just jumped out of a building. Right. I don't know. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Maybe discuss it in the, in the group. Yeah. It's good stuff.
1: Um, so, uh, you know what? Let's move things around just because, uh, <laughs> it seems like a weird place to go straight to that. Okay. Uh, last week, somebody sent in a question.
0: God, I can't remember all these names. And part of the question. You know was, why? You know why you can't remember? Why? Cause there are almost 1100 people in the group now. <laughs> Thank you guys. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, oh, you know what? We forgot to talk about the assignment. We'll do it at the end. Okay.
1: Um, and We did. We got so wrapped up in our thing this, at the beginning. Our anniversary. Yeah. It was romantic.
0: It was so romantical. Um, if they only knew our collection of 70s love songs that we've shared.
2: <laughs> Dance with me.
0: What was that? Is that the one you put in the other yeah. day?
2: I want to be your partner. Can't you? The best part of
0: that is the... Is the um, um,
1: and love is all around. And then the one guy goes, I can take you where you want to go. You know that whole thing? It's so awesome. Or leans. I had to look it up on, what's it called? It's so good. The song I was listening
0: to the four CD. BG's box set the other day that's pretty pretty epic. Can't go it's, wrong. It's called mythology. It's pretty pretty
1: epic. Of course it does. Uh, yeah. The question there was all kinds of questions about how you print
0: your stuff to keep like a master print right? Oh that okay right. Question, right. I remember that. Right. Based and, on the, the Greenfield Sanders thing where like. Yeah where he told box. me to print yeah, everything yeah, yeah. out. Okay. Right? Okay. So uh,
1: somebody asked me or they asked us as part of that question what gives Art worth Like, you know, how do you know what you should sell them for? And we sort of jumped the question just cause it's a bigger question than we had in the 30 seconds we had to answer the, the question. Um, but you know, other than the old adage of art is worth what people will pay for it, you know? Right. How do you know what people will pay for it? Do you just put a price on it and then see if people
0: buy it? And if they don't lower the price, well, I think that's one of the things that, that let's keep it reined in here. Sure, What photographers, a lot of people even on the group, uh, are struggling with, yeah, you know you yourself: sure. are struggling with. Do I price my prints at three hundred? Yep. one hundred? 75? Yep. Uh, you know, we, we've talked the last couple of weeks about some of these Instagram sales of, of uh, people selling work for a hundred bucks. Yeah. 150 and yep. and selling the entire edition that they've wanted to. But then, you know, you've, you've had, had your own sort of trials and tribulations selling prints. And I yep. think a lot of other people have written in talking about it. Sure.
1: Yeah. I, I don't I, have
0: an answer for you. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I you know,
1: it, <clears throat> in some ways it almost seems like it's as much an exposure issue than it is anything. I, I made a, a, a slightly flippant comment last week saying that, I think that that last guy who, say, made $15,000, right, had, I forget what it was, like 160,000 followers. Aaron Huey. Yeah. Okay. Which means that one out of a 1,000 people bought his prints. Okay? Just on average. The the last guy who made like 10 grand or 12 grand had, it almost came down to almost the exact same percentage. So, Mm -hmm. like 0.1%. Of people buy prints right I don't have a huge amount of followers on Twitter I send my thing out to the you know t- two thousand something followers I have and I'll sell a handful of prints which is actually a very similar percentage as those guys on Instagram so I wonder if it really just is the size of your audience is it just
0: a numbers game yeah I don't you know
1: because you know i've I've sold prints for you know $50 and I've sold prints for $1,000. So, and, and, you know, similar prints just to different people for different reasons, for different markets, for different, you know what I mean? Sure. And so it, a lot of it does feel just like it's, it's as much about the audience as it is what it's actually worth. Right.
0: Well, okay. in then how do you, hmm. where do you start? Well, where do you start? And we We got a thing the other day uh about about um one of the links in a previous episode It was a link that we had used to cindy sherman yep and this guy sent in a, a note saying hey would you would you you know notice that that you've you've linked uh, uh, to this you know page x and wondered if you could link to page y right. and and uh, you know, we went and looked at this page, and there were prints being sold. Uh, Cindy Sherman prints, right. hundred, two hundred, fifty thousand. You know, yeah. whatever.
1: It, it it basically is a uh, it was a clearinghouse for like the galleries who were selling her actual editioned prints. You know, right, right. This wasn't you know, we're taking this picture and we're going to sell you this eight by ten for fifty bucks. It was this is one of the six copies of this photograph that exists. You know, and
0: here a right. Yeah. But I, I guess I wonder, okay, it's a let's say that they're, for the sake of argument, they're C-prints. Is that what they're going yeah, to be? Yeah, probably. Okay. So w- w- why is Cindy Sherman's C-print worth, yeah. let's say, 50000 The same print when, that
1: cost $10 to make.
0: Right. Yeah. When, you know, I mean, how, how, how do we decide what the sliding scale is? You know, and when you get to that point... Um, same with with gregory Crudson. his his prints can fetch one hundred hundred and fifty two hundred thousand yeah. dollars for a print, yeah, most of them are really large, so at least he has that. they are really large yeah they're yeah they're they're enormous yeah but th- my point being why why is that worth to, to to just to echo your question i don't know why yeah. is th- why is that worth a hundred thousand when you know I could spend you know a year putting together a series of of Photograph, and I'm not going to get near that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's it's this,
1: and it, this is definitely an area where there's no money in the middle, right? right. Where it seems to be, it's fifty or hundred dollar prints, or it's a thousand dollar print, you know, or a right. ten thousand dollar print. Like, and and the thing is that the people who are at the ten thousand dollar prints, there's you know, two hundred of them in the world, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's, not, is, a, it's not a it's not a huge group.
0: Is there that that sort of when you get to that level? Is it do you have to charge that much? Does Does Gregory have to charge hundred thousand dollars or the gallery hundred thousand dollars to? And I'm not picking on on Gregory Crudson because no. I love his stuff, yep. but to to sort of solidify that this has value and this this took some doing. Yeah, these aren't, sure, these, sure. aren't yep. these aren't just it's you know, a one statement, light not just a price, right? Yep. So our does does the price help establish the value versus the value establishing the price what i mean it's 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 that kind of argument i don't know i would say that i bet you
1: he has very little to do with how much his things cost and that's Mm -hmm. the job of the people who
0: run these galleries and like right that's the rep in the gallery and you just cut me a check every month right in the same
1: way that like if i bid on some ad job it's you know my agent goes and sends an estimate that you know i approve but like I would never come to the same estimate usually, you know, like I don't know right. what's involved, you know, and it comes down to, you know, hey, we had 20 people who wanted to buy these 10 prints. All right. I guess we can charge more next time or whatever. Well, now, you know,
0: using using your your scenario here. Yep. Would those one percent or whatever the, the 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 figure was. Yep. Would they buy your prints or anybody's prints regardless of the price? If you, if you said, look, I'm going to do a limited edition at $5,000 a piece. Yeah. It's, it's, it's,
1: and I get all 8 billion people in the world to actually see the offer. Would I sell all of them for $5,000? Like well, even, with with, no, a, with a large saying, enough even audience, your followers, even your followers, my followers. Would- no, probably not. But I bet you, I bet you I could sell five copies of a lot of my things at $1,000 with the right audience. But I don't do fine art stuff that is like hang on your wall, fine art stuff that often, you know, but like, let's say I did. I, I think that with the right PR people, yeah, I probably could, mm-hmm. you know, And with the right PR people. I think a lot of people could. In fact, with the right PR people, a lot of people do.
0: Right? I think this question, Bill, yeah. is probably the question that whether it's whether <laughs> it's to do what? Forty two. Yeah, it's the, it's the one. <laughs> uh I think it's the question whether it's what do you sell prints for or what do I charge for my services? But the the question of money and what am I worth as an artist, as a craftsperson, is yeah. probably the question we get asked the most. Yeah. That's the thing that comes through the email or or Twitter or whatever the most. And it is it's such an a, awful question to answer. <laughs> it's a, it is, because it's such a broad question. Yeah. You know, um, one person feels that we use wedding photographers as an example yep. because it's, it's, it's easier to gauge price. I Cause think. there's a market, right? Right. There's a market that, that has an established sort yep. of hierarchy of what, Yeah, what, but you know what, what we, I
1: know about. wedding photographers who charge $2,500 a wedding. And I know, I know of wedding photographers who
0: charge 25,000 for a wedding. Right. And is the $25,000 wedding when you're looking at the photographs, are they 10 times better? Yeah. Can so, you quantify
1: them? Depends on the $2,500 photographer and the $25,000 photographer. I've seen right. wedding photos that I looked at that cost, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 where I said, those are gorgeous photos. You know, they, they, that actually look like, you know, uh, jewelry
0: advertisements, right. Right. you know, but, but what do you, I mean, how do you they quantify look like a Mercedes that. Benz ad? You know, um, I, I, saw one of my favorite wedding shoots is by a girl who lives in New York called Heather Waraxa. Mm-hmm. And it was a series of black and whites that she did at city hall. Yep. And they are so incredible. They are fantastic photographs. I don't, they're not overproduced. They're not, you know, ostentatious. There's not, but they fit. And I don't know how to describe it. Other than that, they fit. Yeah. Versus, Something where it's like, okay, get the shot of the ring, get the shot of the back of the shoes so we can see the label, get the shot of the dress hanging just so backlit in the window, get the shot of it. That to me is less valuable than 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 some of the things that I've seen that are different. Uh, but again, I don't know how to establish that value. That's also
1: based upon your aesthetic. Yes, Right. where where somebody else might say I don't want it to look like these are amazingly great candid photos. I want my wedding to look like it was the one wedding that year that everyone missed right you know what I mean like like the Royals or
0: something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you know so so, so as, a, as a photographer, how how do you do that? How do you how do you establish value? How do you what, what is the old thing where people said
1: you know you, you have to be the guy who does something. You know, do you want to be the guy who the plumber who makes really great kitchens? Well, be that guy and and sell it as I'm the plumber who makes really great kitchens so that when people want a really great kitchen, they call you as the plumber, you know, right. that, that old thing. Right. You know, so and I think that's one of the things that, that I tend to rebel against and you tend to rebel against in some ways, although I think you you tend to speak about it in a more accepted way. Is, is, is the marketing thing, right? You know what I mean? Like trying to define yourself as something that may be a subset of what you actually are, but that would help you from
0: a professional level. Does that make sense? It does. And I, you know, it's marketing. That's another thing of, of, in terms of determining price. Marketing is a weird word. I, yeah. I watched a, a There's very little
1: inherent worth in any of this stuff. It's, it's, right. it, it is an illusion, you know.
0: I, I, I watched a fascinating interview with uh, and I don't remember her, her name, but she was like the head of marketing under Steve Jobs at Apple. Okay. And or the head of the head of, of brand advertising, whatever it was. I don't remember her exact title. But she was talking about she's like we shouldn't have to market anything. If we've done our job in telling you what the product does and can do for you, then we shouldn't have to market.
1: Yeah, but isn't isn't that statement itself marketing?
0: Like, cause if we're telling you what it is and what it can do. Isn't that the definition of marketing? I don't know. I mean, she, she used as an example of when the iPhone came out, the first iPhone. Right. Three things that Steve repeated over and over again in that presentation. Yeah. It's a phone. It's a phone. It's, yeah. It's an internet communicator. It's your music library.
1: Yeah. But you know what? Phone, internet, okay. music. But to play devil's advocate, that's not the way Apple advertises now. Now they're just like, look at the kid sitting on a bench talking to his grandparents on his eye. You know what I mean? They show you all those things. It's, it's as fluffy as anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. As abstract. I I agree that maybe that's the goal, but to say that anybody achieves that more than every so often, you know? Yeah. So
0: how do you, I mean, getting, getting back to, to the question of, of how does one decide how much to charge for their art? If you, if you have, this is an ongoing discussion. We've talked about this for 104 episodes Uh on, on some level. And it's, it's, it's extend that by what gives art worth. What, how do we give ourselves worth within our art?
1: Well, I mean, there's definitely the, my print doesn't sell for $500. It sells for $50. I must be one tenth the artist I would be if I was selling it for 500. You know, right, you have to be you have to be very careful of that. That what you charge or how much you make in a year doing your art doesn't end up becoming a reflection of uh, an ego reflection, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that goes both ways. You know, the, 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 you know, the day that you get the gig where you're making a bunch of money for something, you don't go, ha ha, now I've made it and I'm this fancy guy. You know what I mean? Right. I have friends who are artists who do that too. You know, like they're lucky they make a lot of money doing what they're doing. And they think that that means that they are great at what they do. And it's like, that's not necessarily a correlation, right?
0: right. It means that you have an audience.
1: Yes. Or or it means that people are hiring you and you do what they want, but it doesn't mean that you're better, you know.
0: You know, and what does it mean to be
1: better? I mean, these are, you know, we can go around for forever, you know. I don't know that there's an answer to this other than the fact that. You, you put a price on stuff, and I put a price on stuff and not sold any with high prices, not sold any with low prices, sold some with high prices, sold some with low prices, you know? I, and in fact, I keep experimenting to try to find the place where it works.
0: I'm going to put up all of my paintings, all my originals that I still have left. I'll put them up on my site yeah. for sale. Okay, to
1: see what people... You know what you should do, Jeffrey? Mm. Put them up and have it say, "Uh, you know have people like bid on them or pay what you will
0: and see what people choose.
1: You know, pull, pull a Radiohead.
0: You Know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. But then what if it's like, that's, 250? that's the fear. $3 20. And then I have to pay shipping. So I'm in the hole. You know what I'm saying though?
1: <laughs> right. I mean, maybe that's the way to, um, you know, Heather, uh, uh, has a friend named Jamie McKelvey. Who's a, uh, cartoonist illustrator guy. he, he did this one called phonogram and he did, he did some Avenger stuff and right. he's like this big shot, you know, he, he's one of those guys. Right. And, but like every once in a while, he'll do an edition of 50 copies of something and they're, they're inkjet prints on matte paper, you know, and, uh, they're really nice and they're beautiful and he'll sell them for 35 pounds, you know, Okay. So whatever it is, 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Yeah. Thing? Okay. And, and, you know, but he'll sell an edition of fifty of them. Well, it's like the Shepherd
0: Fairy like thing—the Shepherd Fairy
1: thing—which I got. You know? Did you really? I ordered it. It's not here yet. Sold out within hours. I'm surprised it took hours. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was hours. His his store is terrible, though. Yeah, it is.
0: It's always been terrible. It's always—it's <laughs> like horrible. you have
1: all this money. Give some kid ten grand to make this really nice. Yeah. Or just go use Squarespace for God's sake. Yeah.
0: It's 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 really it's always been bad.
1: Oh, anyway. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I'm surprising Conrad
0: with it. Oh, well, I hope she's not listening. She doesn't listen to the show. So it's okay.
1: Uh, anyway, but he sells, he'll sell out these things, you know, Craig does that too. Craig will do uh, a letter press thing or some kind of, you know, whatever. And he'll sell
0: 30 or 50 of them for, what, what 30, if I put them up a with a choice? Like uh, I'm going to give you three radio buttons. Okay. You know, you can pay $50, yeah. $150 or $500 or something like that. Oh, that's interesting. So no matter what it
1: is, you make enough to make it worth your while. Yeah. But, but that, it, but give them sort of an incentive What the argument being that people will choose the medium because that's the old advertising trick. Right. Yeah. Maybe. It's not I a bad know. idea. Give it a shot. I don't know. Use, use some of that e-commerce stuff you've got going on on Sidor. <laughs> there you go. Uh all right, what's uh what's next? Oh hey, you saw this new Lytro, right? I did. Uh so Lytro for those who don't remember Ugly as sin. <laughs> uh is this company that made a camera that didn't take a photograph, it basically stores a light field, and I still right. haven't quite understood the technology involved. Um but that basically it makes it so that you can refocus the image in post. Right. You can, you know, tap on this thing in the mo- in the picture and the picture like refocuses as if you, you know, turned the wheel on, on a traditional camera, turned the turned the uh the focus knob and focused on on this thing in the foreground, this thing in the background, and anywhere in between. Right. Um their first camera that they came out with was looked like a little kaleidoscope box. Right, and apparently it was very sort not super well received. It was more of like, "Oh, this is a toy, and neat, right. but I think the pictures were like six hundred pixels or something like that. you know, it's tiny images. so they're coming out with a bigger, fancier Lytro camera now, and uh, there's an article on the verge I'm going to put it in the show notes uh it's called "Litro Changed Photography: Now, can it get anyone to care
0: uh, probably not.
1: Yeah, that's I this is what I wanted to ask you.
0: What do you think about this? I mean, all it's this? Th- th- this is part of being a photographer. Is deciding is making choices. Okay? Okay. Making choices about composition, yep. making choices about area of interest, about focal point, about exposure. And I think, this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. that 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 happens. Prior to or simultaneously to pressing the shutter button. Okay. I I, I, I don't like this idea of where this this strikes to this. The definition this feels of, to me. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it just it feels to me like you know shooting shooting uh, sixty frames a second of four K video and then pulling out a still that works for you. Right. I think we discussed that in episode thirteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't like that. Just, that's, that's not – that might be photography in, in, in definition because it's still using light and lenses and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But that doesn't feel like photography to me as a series of, of creative and emotional choices that go into making a photograph.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And they've talked about how their technology works with anything with a lens and a sensor, which is actually kind of interesting because then they said, imagine a refocusable MRI – or a security camera that could render a person's face in crystal clarity with a single tap in their license plate and another suddenly enhanced becomes a real thing, not just CSI fiction.
0: Okay. And in those cases? Absolutely. But for artistic stuff. Very cool. Yeah. I think
1: one of the things that somebody always, apparently they gave one of these cameras to, uh, some photographer whose name I'm trying to find right now. It's the,
0: the Thompson guy. Carl yeah, Thompson. that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's and good I like his stuff. He is good, he's a good photographer. but one of the things uh, that he
1: says, um, it's, it's interesting. It changed the way he thought about the image and, and how he'll present it later. Of course, this has to be done on a computer so you can tap to, to redo it, you know right But it says, Thompson never quite says it, but it seems but he seems to feel a tension between his artistic vision and the inherent interactivity that comes with Lytro's living photos right? That like, if you are in this thing, clicking around this thing, then it's, this is no longer what I'm trying to show you. It's, it's you're as much involved as I am. And is that, is it, is it any longer my artistic vision? Right.
0: Well, and that, see, that's my point. Right. Here, this, this sentence right here kind of sums it up. Photographers freeze a moment and do so with particular intention. Yep. The focus, the depth of field, the composition all serve a careful purpose. Yes, that's okay. true. Wait, and read, when you read, the next, that away, read the next line. Okay. Publishing a light field shot can feel like putting the camera into a viewer's hands and letting them choose the settings and shot that they want. Right. And he says,
1: so it's for particular buyers. You know, I just think that it's, it's an interesting, tr- you know what? It's kind of similar to, to me. And you know, the whole, uh, animated gift thing lately where it's like, you know, it's a picture of a girl sitting in a coffee shop, but oh, there's like a like the like, cinemagraph thing, yeah, yeah, but there's yeah. steam coming off the coffee or whatever it is. Right. right? It's right, a right. still with like something moving. It's like, uh, those were all the rage for a while. And I think or 3d and cinema, right there it's, it's really neat effect and it's very, very cool. Um, but it's not going to change the
0: world. You know what I mean? I would, I would like to see this relegated to sort of scientific applications, not, you know, you think as far as art's concerned, it's a parlor trick. I do. Yeah. Really cool tech though. It's great tech. Yeah. It's interesting. I just don't, I don't feel that it moves the photographer's point of view or vision forward. I feel that it detracts from
1: it. You know, it's one of the interesting things they said, <laughs> a number of things here. Look at this. They said, if you look at a high, a big budget Hollywood production today, they'll spend between nine and $14 million just on incremental hardware to shoot 3d because you need multiple rigs. We can do all that in a single lens, single sensor. You look at the credits at the end of the movie and you see camera assistant one, camera assistant two, camera assistant three, and they're all doing focus pulls on set. If you can make that make uh, later in, in after the fact decision, that's a pretty big deal. And all I think is that like, no, you're just putting it off for later yeah. and kicking people
0: out of jobs, you know, yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> you know? you're, you're firing one guy on the front end, but then having to hire guys on the back end yeah. to do it in post. I, right. I don't like that. I, and then, and then, and if this example is the best they can do, there's nowhere in this image that it's really sharp. Oh yeah. That's the other thing. Well, this what you talk about that one little example they gave of the, no, the one of the
1: guy in the car. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even click on that one. Where's that one?
0: It's up, up, up top. It's like the main image, right? Right above the, we're not a camera, camera company header. Oh, okay. Right, we'll find it. It's, it's not. Oh, there it is. Yep. It's not really sharp anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: It's, I'm telling you, it's a neat effect, but like, I don't know that it actually, I don't know. It's interesting though. Yeah. Anyway.
0: So uh, let us know yeah.
1: what you guys think of that. Cause I, I honestly don't know what to think of it. I can't decide. Um, so how many
0: lens caps have you lost now?
1: Uh, in the last couple of years, three, I think.
0: You know what it is? You, you, you and Carl Taylor need to talk. He, he's always dropping filters and breaking them.
1: Okay. I lose lens caps not because I take them off and misplace them, but mostly because if I ever wear one of those sling. uh, Like an R-strap type thing? Yeah, I use yep. this other one, this... I forget what the hell it's called. It's made out of a seatbelt, a recycled seatbelt. Okay. Um, it's the camera bounces around right. on my hip and invariably at some point it brushes in a way that flips the lens cap off.
0: So get one of those little elastic things that, that adhesive they have a little adhesive. I dot just feel on like I
1: almost want to just use screw a crappy screw on filters, my lens cap. Cause then it won't fall off.
0: Uh, you could do that. Just keep a skylight on as your lens cap. And yeah. And then, then unscrew it off when I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Why
1: not? I'm thinking like that might be
0: the way to go, but I, I guess I want to get a screw
1: it up. on lens cap. They have those too. Oh, well that's what I need. Cause like this whole popping on lens caps. I do like the, uh, the, the Nikon ones where you like squeeze further in, it's not at the edges.
0: You know what I'm talking about? Right. The, the, yeah. The little springs are inset, but you, yeah, can, what, sti- like, what's but you can still squeeze it at the outside. Right. What's, what's, your, what's the filter diameter of your 85? 72 millimeters, something like that? My 85, I think it's 72,
1: yeah, something like that. Why, you have the
0: screw-on ones? The one I need to replace now is
1: for my little tiny 40 millimeter pancake, which is a 52 or fifty. Yeah, they're like 10 bucks.
0: Okay. Screw-on aluminum lens caps.
1: Oh, where'd you find that? eBay. All right, I'm gonna go check out screw-on aluminum lens caps. Um, anyway, I just figured if anybody had a better idea. Hey, attention. I'm just, you know, doing <laughs> the thing. All right. Uh, and then, uh, let's see what else. Hey, would you see this picture of Heisler shooting people in Boston?
0: It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And he did it with a speed light. No,
1: I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, it could, it, well, it was probably a bigger light than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe McNally
0: did it with 1,400 speed yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Joe <laughs> McNally did it with the entire first production run of Nikon's new light. You know, I do wonder, though, how powerful of a light he used. Because, I mean, there's big depth of fields. Well, relatively. I You know, I, you can't tell. Obviously, a wide-angled shot probably cropped in a little bit. But he just basically blasted a light from one corner over the people, a nice warm gel Light Looks like there are a couple of them in here. Well, there's there's one in the back, right? Right. Well, yeah, but the the main one's up front, and then he did one further back just because that one in the front's not going to get the entire crowd. Um But the other one in the back also seems like it's not as bright as the front one. Um But I just thought that that was actually a pretty cool idea. Heiser does a lot of that stuff with just like one light and then available light and playing around with what you can make with a single light. He does that better than a lot of people. Uh,
0: especially yeah, he does. He like says, a, um, Greg it, Heisler he says the goal was to have one light that simulated sunlight, just one little light really far away, just skimming across the crowd. Really then far there was away, a, like
1: 10 feet in front of the crowd.
0: Yeah. Then there was a second light halfway back doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So it read as one light source just peeking through the buildings. It yeah. looks like very early in the morning light and it matched the natural light that was hitting the buildings in the background. So it all tied together. Well,
1: it's funny. I, I know, I know where they shot this. I can, you know, I, this, I used to live two blocks away from this. So it's like, it's just funny seeing the library and stuff like, <laughs> it's a good shot. It's nice. No, it's a nice picture. I just, I, you know, getting together that many people and actually making turning it into something. One of the interesting things, apparently he went and bought a big, really bright red jacket for the shoot. Just so that everyone would know who was in charge. Like right. just look for the guy with the, with the big red jacket on
0: and the little pork pie hat, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. You can pull that. I couldn't pull that off.
0: I can't pull that kind of hat off. Yeah.
1: I don't think anybody, very few people can
0: same with the, with the round, the, the, the round thicker rim glasses that he wears.
1: Yeah. 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 He, well, he's, shtick, he's, you
0: know. he's, he's got the stick. He's got a style. He's had, the the had that for a long time.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to put that in the show notes too. go check it out. Good. It's on yeah, esquire.com. Uh, and uh, photographer of the week
0: this week. Oh, wait, hey, do you, do you let's talk about your, let's talk about the assignment and then we'll do oh, yeah, the assignment. Yeah. Uh, great stuff with leading lines. Keep them coming. Great stuff. Really great stuff. Um, what, what was the, what was this one? Uh, strangers, I think is what strangers, you said. Strangers. strangers. Yeah. So it could be, could be portraits of strangers could be, could be watching strangers from, from afar. Don't be creepy. <laughs> um, word, talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Uh. <laughs> uh uh yeah strangers yeah it's a good one i like that if you're a portrait photographer or if you're not ask ask strangers for their to make their portraits see what see how that works i have a tough time with that
1: uh i have had a tough time with that in the past because you know what it is you got to find the right people you Mm -hmm. can't just ask anybody um just because you got you got to find somebody who's putting off the right vibes is is the term that i generally
0: use um i find uh, it difficult
1: yeah, it's it's tough, but most of the time people are really nice about it, you know, as long as you explain everything well.
0: Oh, um, book update. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I've found a publisher that'll work. They are sending me samples, um, which I will, if they look good, I'll post photos of the samples in the group so so you guys can see it and, and we'll try and get this thing going.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, okay. Sounds good. Good. All right. So what do you got? Photographer of the week. This is somebody I had never heard of. Uh, Carl Van Vechten,
0: Who I hadn't
1: heard of either. And how did you get to here?
0: What did, what did, uh, what I you was find?
1: looking at a New Yorker uh, magazine uh, at a doctor's office last week. Okay. And they had these color portraits of all of these like black entertainers and thinkers uh, from the 1940s and 50s.
0: Uh, okay, this is the thing you sent me. The Harlem Harlem. It's in the notes. Harlem yeah, in color. Harlem okay. in color.
1: And I'm gonna. I'll put this in the show notes and everything too. Uh, And they were these portraits of of you know uh, of Ella Fitzgerald and Langston Hughes and you know Harry Belafonte and all these guys. Uh, Great one of
0: James Earl Jones when yeah. he
1: was young. So apparently this guy was a writer. He's he's a white writer. And he became fascinated in the 1920s by this whole concept of the Harlem Renaissance, which in the 1920s, Harlem in, in Manhattan became sort of this this Mecca, you know, for lack of a better term, for for black artists and thinkers and, and, and intellectuals. Right.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh,
1: in fact, this guy, apparently Carl Van Vechten, wrote this this book called Nigger Heaven, which was about apparently Harlem at the time. Right. That this was like, you know, the place and the book was controversial for all kinds of reasons, including its title, of course. But but he was he was looking sort of he was sort of infatuated with the concept of black America having this place where the 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 pot was was super hot and being stirred up. You know what I mean? Wow. It is
0: still available on Amazon as well.
1: Is it? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's sort of a classic book of the era. Um, but what I, and then he ended up taking portraits, but he didn't start doing this until he was like 50 years old. Mm. Um, cause he was born in like 1880 or something like that. Uh, and, and didn't start shooting until like the forties. So what's that? 60 years old. So it was only later in his life that he started taking pictures of all these people. And, but he ended up using, it was probably just a lot of the crazy wallpaper that was on the walls at the time. Um, but he ended up taking portraits of you know Alvin Ailey and James Earl Jones and all these like fantastic you know classic artists of, of, of yeah. black yeah, artists yeah, these of the are century. Haley Jackson, but they have these mm. crazy like patterned backgrounds or curtains or 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 pieces of chiffon laid out or you know yeah, what I mean, just Whatever like these big
0: swaths of fabric. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I just thought that the, just the back. I mean, the lighting isn't amazing. I'm sure he shot on like Kodachrome or something like that, so the colors are like really pop. Um, but what makes them kind of neat and I thought interesting for our discussion was the fact that for him, in some ways, this was about access, right? That he was friends with these people. He was writing about these people. And then because of all of that, he also took pictures of these people, but he was able to do that because he had the access because of the things he was writing and the people he was friends with, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I just thought they were interesting. Everyone should go take a look.
0: Yeah, if, and this this manuscript library, the Benicki Rare Book and Manuscript Library that you've that you've linked here. Yeah, you all can cl- kinds. Yeah, because you can click on the view all images on that page. Right. Yeah, and I mean Bernice Abbott. Yeah, he uh, shot all kinds of people. Tallulah Bankhead. Yep. Yep. Um, all kinds of actresses and 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 you know artists and writers and it's wow, it's really really neat. Yeah, this guy this guy got
1: around uh, and shot a lot of stuff. And again. You know, it's not like these are studies in gorgeous lighting or any of that kind of stuff. You know, it's more a, I like it because photography was a secondary thing to him that he only came to later. I like that idea, you know, mm-hmm. um, I like that they are somewhat personal portraits because he got to know these people and then took their pictures, you know? Right. right. Um It wasn't
0: a session or a right. setting as right. it were. And wow, Edward Albee, look at that.
1: Yeah. Wow and 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 uh, you know it, it, something about the backgrounds that he uses they're almost all just funky and weird you know it's not they're not on solid bl- gray you know
0: yeah so, these are really really good
1: yeah it's a c- totally different thing and a lot of black and white stuff earlier like in the 30s and then in the 40s and 50s and 60s when he started shooting all like the all the harlem people right mostly color <laughs> really some of stark. these look
0: like <laughs> What? the backgrounds look like just like crumpled saran wrap. Yeah, but it works, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. That's the
1: kind of stuff I found or I've noticed works better on film than on digital.
0: Hmm. Like is some, it, it, somehow is it the, you could get away off of with the highlights or what is it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, just like, just uh, like sort of a uh, low production value. It's, it's sort of like the whole thing of, you know, being on stage it's it, SD versus HD. And I'm not saying that digital is HD just in this right. analogy. It is, um, that, that somehow it's, it's more forgiving. It's sort of like, uh, you know, re- recording your band to a cassette tape and pushing it a little too hot, you know, had that certain sound back in the day, you know, Good it's fine. Yeah. So, uh, Carl Van Vechten. Carl Van Vechten. uh, go, uh, check him out.
0: 1880, 1964.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Yeah. 84 years old. So crazy. Like, you know, this guy was born in the 19th century, you know, born in the 1800s. And there he was like watching people go into space. But at the same time, you and I in twenty, thirty years, God willing, we're still alive. Um, We've watched the demise of the space program. Well, that people would be like, you were born in the 20th century, you know? Right. <laughs> You were there when the, you knew things before the internet. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Jerry's like, much? Most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. It's just. No, it's, this is good. Good stuff. shifted
1: around. Uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up?
0: Uh, get in touch with us, won't you? Mm. Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Yep. Uh, you can find uh, the Google plus group. Uh we'll put put that in the can we put this in, in all of the like in all of the show notes? Sure. Here. Uh there you go. Okay. Uh Bill tweets at Bill Wadman. I tweet at Jeffrey Sidoris. Uh you can go to fadeandblurred.com and and get inspired and read about great photography and art and photographers and stuff like that. Um, you can go to Bill's site. What are you, what are you writing about this week? Are you going to blog about anything in particular?
1: I actually wrote an article about the difference between dynamic range and latitude today. Okay. Because people uh, use those two terms interchangeably when they don't actually uh, mean the same thing. Okay. So BillWadman.com slash blog. Uh, right billwadman.com slash blog and you can go read that article some guy just left me a really nasty comment on it so you know awesome it happens. Yeah, thanks dude
0: yeah. Uh, voicemail 347-687-9411 347-687-9411 we've been getting some funny ones lately kind of funny I yeah. like that yeah and uh, yeah two, two years two years so what's next year three year three as we begin year three wow kooky right who knew we're juniors <laughs> that's right i'm a junior senior <laughs> we're varsity <laughs> yeah. All right. so, 1073 in the group doing great you guys are putting up again really fantastic work um i mean i'm blown away by the variety of work yeah really cool stuff Anyway, uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, leave a review or a rating over on iTunes if yep. you if you so desire, and uh, and we will be back next week. All right, talk to you later. All right, thanks for listening.
2: This way, say what you want to say.